Chapter 9 David walked away. The real Marco headed toward us, looking about like I felt. I got up. Rachel, what are you doing? Cassie asked. She put out a hand to grab my arm. But Jake said, Let her go. I followed David's back as he wove through the kids just coming in. In the empty hallway outside, David began to change subtly. He was demorphing. By the time he reached the door to the quad, he was himself again. He must have been close to the two-hour limit to risk it. I caught up with him as he started to trot across the grass. I grabbed his shoulder and spun him around. I was keyed up, throbbing with barely contained rage. You're looking for a fight right here? He asked. Why not? I snapped. He laughed, a little uncertainly. You would never morph here in the open. I don't need a morph to handle you. You know, maybe you forget this sometimes, but you're a girl, Rachel. And you're a worm, I shot back. Want to see who wins that fight? Pretty upset over that bird boy, aren't you? What, did you like him or something? He grinned. That's it, isn't it? Oh, how sweet. Too bad. But you know, birds have a short lifespan. So do worms. What are you doing? Trying to scare me? Nah, I wouldn't want to scare you. I just want to tell you something. You rat us out to Visser 3? We'll know. We have sources inside the Yurk organization. He made a snorting noise. Yeah, right. How do you think we knew the Yurks were moving against the President and the others? How do you think we learned that one of those heads of state was a controller? David looked less cocky. I could see the wheels turning in his head as he realized I was telling the truth. We hadn't told David about Eric and the other Chi. So see, you sell us out to Visser 3, we will know, I said. He shrugged. Big deal. Nothing you can do about it. Yeah. You're probably right, I said. Even if we were warned, we wouldn't last long. I leaned close, close enough to whisper in his ear. But some of us would last a while, you little creep. Long enough to make sure that your parents, well, use your imagination. He stepped back, drew back his fist, and swung on me. I dodged the blow. I grabbed his head with one arm and jammed the fork against his ear. I fought a nauseating urge to twist the fork, to make him scream in pain. You want a war between you and us? That's one thing. We'll play that out, I said. But you try and sell us out to Visser 3, and your little family will never get put back together again. Never! This time, I was the one to turn and walk away. I was shaking. The muscles in my neck were twitching. Suddenly, I had a raging headache. My ears were ringing. I was exhausted, yes, but it was more than that. I was high on adrenaline, high on the rush of power and violence. What had I just done? In all the time we'd been fighting the Yerks, I'd never made a threat like that. What was the matter with me? I felt... not exactly ashamed, but I knew I never wanted to talk to Cassie about what I'd just told David, or Tobias, or even Marco. And as for Jake, 
I found myself filled with a terrifying surge of pure, utter hatred for him. I couldn't begin to explain it. But I swear, at that moment, I hated Jake far more than I did David. I should have gone back to the cafeteria. I should have told them all what had happened. But Jake already knew, didn't he? Jake, the smart, determined leader, already knew all about me. And I couldn't face him. I couldn't face what he knew about me. Chapter 10 Jake's parents came back that evening. They had been out of town helping with a cousin of Jake's and mine. The cousin's name was Sadler. He was an obnoxious kid, but he'd been badly hurt in an accident. Now he was being moved to the children's hospital near us. His relatives were staying with Jake and his family, but we were expected to help out too, even though my mom hadn't really gotten along with Sadler's family since my parents' divorce. I was informed of all of this when I got home from school. I said fine and staggered up to my bed, hit the pillow face down, and didn't move. But as tired as I was, sleep wouldn't come. It was a helpless feeling, being so exhausted and so unable to sleep. My brain kept buzzing away, like I'd consumed six pots of coffee or something. I kept wondering, had I always been like this? Back before the Animorphs, back before that encounter with a dying alien who changed our lives, who had I been? I tried to remember, but it wasn't like I was thinking about myself. It was like I was remembering some girl I used to know. Like she was an acquaintance I'd forgotten about until someone reminded me. It was like, oh yeah, Rachel, I remember her. I'd been very into gymnastics, I knew that. Shopping. I guess I'd never exactly been a happy-go-lucky party girl, but I tried to imagine myself back then and tried to imagine grinding the tines of a fork into someone's ear while I threatened his family. I almost laughed. It was crazy. I mean, I'm not someone raised in an abusive family or anything. Yeah, my folks got divorced, but probably a third of the kids in school have divorced parents, and another third wish their parents would divorce. I'd never wondered if my parents loved me. I knew they did. They told me. And they showed me. I wasn't on drugs or anything. But somehow, some way, I'd gone from being this occasionally sharp-tongued girl to being... Well, as Marco would say, Xena, warrior princess. What made me feel stupid was that I hadn't realized I was changing. But everyone else obviously did. Jake did. When he knew it was coming down to kill or be killed with David, he'd sent Axe to get me. Not Marco. Not Cassie. Get Rachel. And in the cafeteria, he had let me go, knowing what I would do. Afterward, I'd seen Cassie in sixth period. She didn't ask me what had happened. She didn't ask me what I'd said to David. She'd known. I could have said, look at all the battles I've been through. It would have been a good excuse. Except that Cassie had gone through the same battles. And Marco. And Tobias. Would Tobias have done what I did? That was the killer question, see? Because Tobias lived life as a predator now. He'd have every excuse in the world. But I wondered if even he would have gone as far as I'd gone. 
And I wondered something else. What if David ignored my threat? Would I? Could I? Rachel, phone! What are you, deaf? I drooped upright. It was dark outside my window. What? I asked for no particular reason. Jordan, my younger sister, stuck her head into the room. It's Jank. He's on the phone. I sat up. My head was buzzing. I rolled over and grabbed the phone. Yeah, I said, pushing my hair more or less into place. It's time, Jake said. The little extra credit project we've been working on. It's time for us to give it another shot. Oh, yeah, I'll be right over. Soon as I, you know. Man, I was stupid from lack of sleep. We still had a mission. We'd failed yesterday evening and had almost been trapped by Visser 3. Yesterday? Had it really only been yesterday? It seemed impossible with all that had gone on. I splashed cold water on my face and ran a comb through my hair. Then, I went downstairs to face my mom and tried to think up a good excuse why I had to go over to Cassie's house. Rachel, my mother said as she spotted me coming down the stairs. Good, I need you to watch Sarah. I'm going over to the hospital to be with Sadler's mom and dad. I was halfway ready to say, fine, that sure beats trying yet again to bust into some heavily guarded compound and getting our brains beat in. But that wouldn't do. You want me to babysit for Sarah and Jordan? No one babysits me, Jordan said hotly. Oh yeah, I mocked. You're either the babysitter or the babysittee. And you are a babysittee. Mom, no way! I can take care of Sarah! Jordan protested. Come on, little babies, I added for good measure. Well, you can guess where I went from there. Ten minutes later, I was out the door. And ten minutes after that, I was demorphing inside Cassie's barn. Everyone else was already there. Axe, Tobias, Jake, Cassie, and Marco. At least, I assumed it was Marco, and not David in Morph. Marco, I said once I had demorphed. You know you're a toad? Kiss me and I'll become a prince, he said without hesitation. I'll be the prince formerly known as Toad. You know you want me. You can't help it. After all, you're a female and I'm... Well, I'm me. Yeah, that's the real Marco, I said dryly. Cassie laughed. Believe me, we all did the same kind of thing. I asked him to tell me what it was like when we morphed Trout, just to test his memory. And I answered that it wasn't bad, except that the cracker crumb coating chafed a little, and I was allergic to tartar sauce. Now, can you all stop playing that game? I'm afraid I'll miss a punchline, and Rachel will morph to Grizzly and eat me before I have a chance to say anything. Okay, down to business, Jake said. He sent Axe a significant look and jerked his head toward me. Prince Jake would like me to tell you that we are operating under the assumption that David may be here in the barn, Axe said in private thought speak. He is concerned that David may be here in Insect Morph, listening to our plans. So our plans will be different than we are discussing here. I gave a very slight nod. Of course, I'd forgotten. David was one of us at least in terms of his powers. But Jake hadn't forgotten. 
Jake outlined a plan that was basically the same as our previous attempt to infiltrate the banquet at the resort. There were differences, just so it would sound convincing. And we all raised various objections, just to sound even more convincing. But it wasn't until we were morphed and flying away that Jake told me what he really had in mind. Oh, Rachel's going to love this, Marco said with a laugh. He was right. The plan was outrageous, insane, out of control, and violent. And, heaven help me, I liked it. Chapter 11 It was a Marriott resort by the ocean. It had been taken over for a summit meeting by the President of the United States, the Prime Minister of Great Britain, the Premier of France, the President of Russia, and the Prime Minister of Japan. Was there security? Oh, yeah. There was security. There were more guys in dark suits and sunglasses with microphones in their ears than had ever come together in one place before. It was like an international secret service convention. That was bad enough. But what was worse was the fact that some of those security guys were controllers. Some of the U.S. Secret Service, for sure. Probably some of the French, British, Russian, and Japanese, too. And we knew Visor 3 was there, doing everything within his twisted, evil imagination to make controllers of all these powerful men. We also knew that at least one of the heads of state, we didn't know which one, was already a controller. So basically, this was a tough target, even for us. There were just way too many guys looking to shoot anything suspicious. It was also a mission we had to do. Period. Had to. If the Yurks made controllers of these guys, that was it. Game over. We had tried the subtle approach. We'd walked into a trap. Now, Jake was ready for the less than subtle approach. This would be like when you're in a chess game and you know you're going to lose, so you grab the board and throw it across the room. That was the plan. First stop, the gardens. I was all set on morphs, but Tobias, Cassie, Axe, and Marco needed something new for their night's work. We needed morphs that could make a big mess, and morphs that could take getting shot by handguns. We all needed what Jake and I already had. Once that was done, we flew straight out to the sea as seagulls. It was a tough flight. The wind was getting stronger by the minute racing in across impressive waves. And then, the lightning started. Yeah! Marco yelled as the first jagged bolt lit up the clouds and the waves. It was one bolt, a long pause, then another, another pause. And suddenly, it was as if a light show had begun. Bolts of lightning that looked as thick as trees pushed their jerking way across the sky. Huge bolts struck the waves again and again, all around us even though we were only a few hundred yards from the shore. And the thunder! Imagine the loudest thunder you've ever heard, then multiply it by five. It was like my head was stuck inside a steel drum, and someone was hitting it with a sledgehammer. Lightning, thunder, and then the rain began to pour. That's nice, Marco said. That's just perfect. Jake, we're not going to make any more distance against this wind. Tobias said. Especially not with wet feathers. Yeah, you're right. Jake agreed. We'll swim the rest of the way along the coast. No problem. All we have to do is land in the water. I said. 
Seagulls land in water all the time, Cassie pointed out. Although, maybe not in the middle of a hurricane. No doubt she was right. But, seagull or not, let me tell you, it was a fairly terrifying experience. Here's the thing. You're a small, white bird. Smaller than an average chicken. The ocean is black as coal, aside from the pale phosphorescence at some of the waves' crest. You basically can't see the waves at all, because the clouds are totally covering the moon and the stars. But every few seconds, the entire seascape is lit up by lightning. Sometimes it's a dim sort of light cast by some far-off bolt, whose thunder takes ten seconds to reach you. Other times, the lightning is closer, and then the waves are turned into brilliant silver slopes and black, triangular shadows, just long enough to let you realize how tall the waves are. I floated down, following Jake, for once not rushing out ahead. I have a lot of respect for the ocean. I almost had to fight to go lower, the wind was so strong. Thirty feet up. Twenty feet. Lightning! Suddenly, the water was no longer twenty feet below me. It was rushing straight up at me. It was like being in a plane and flying over a mountain. Only suddenly, the mountain swells up like a zit about to pop, and up it comes while all you can do is wait for it. Water foamed over me, but I bobbed easily to the surface, like a cork. I almost laughed. It was easy. I was too buoyant to sink. As I tucked my wings back, it felt just like body surfing. We landed yards apart, of course. There was no way to be more precise. I caught lightning glimpses of the others. Tiny white birds riding big black waves. Everyone down okay? Jake called out. One by one, we answered. Okay, now the tough part. He didn't have to explain. We all knew. We were going to morph to dolphin. Once we were dolphin... Everything would be fine. Dolphins own the ocean. But to get to dolphin, we'd have to become human again. And maybe a seagull or a dolphin belonged in these two-story waves, but no human being did. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs auditory experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. And I gotcha. You thought maybe I wasn't going to get an episode out this week, but I managed it. So, take that, doubters. (laughs) I'm just messing with you. Um, But yeah, great to be here. Glad I could keep my schedule. Glad I could get something out to y'all. Love this book. Love getting really deep into Rachel's whole deal. Um, You know, and her having to confront that she is this warrior. um, And that she kind of revels in the violence. And, uh... You know, what that means about her. Uh, I, I love when K.A. Applegate takes the time to explore these characters. Because I think it's, it's so fascinating. It's so well done. Um, but enough of that. I got a really cool message uh, that I want to read here. Uh, it came through the Gmail. Uh, Skylar wrote me and said, Hey man, I just wanted you to know, Audiomorphs is my absolute favorite podcast. I've loved Audiomorphs since I w- Sorry. <laughs> I've loved Animorphs since I was like 12. I'm blind. I had a couple of the books in Braille, and my mom read 17 to me. She really got into them in the process, too. When I discovered your podcast, I was absolutely over the moon, and I've been listening ever since. I hope you keep going until the very last book, because I've only read through 22. Keep up the good work, man. You're freaking awesome. 
thank you so much for writing in Skyler. That's uh, so cool uh, to me that I I get to uh, assist you in in experiencing these stories. Um, that's uh, that's just really cool for me personally. Um, and I'm very excited uh, that we're on 22, and that's as far as you've ever gotten, because that means um, moving forward, that's uncharted territory for you, man. And that's uh, that's really exciting, uh, you know, to get to experience Animorphs for the first time is is a great experience. And so I wish you luck, because I am fully committed to finishing this series, and I hope you will stay along with me on that journey. Uh, so thank you for writing in, Skylar. If you also would like to write in like Skylar did, you can do that through a variety of ways. You can do what Skylar did, which is Gmail. That's audiomorphscast at gmail.com. You can write to me on Tumblr. That's audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. And, uh, of course, you can write through the contact form on my website, theapodcalypse.com. That's theapodcalypse. Like apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. Uh, that's also where I host all my other creative projects, most of which are on hi- hiatus at this point. But, uh, you know, I do a rewa- rewatch podcast. Oh, wow. I do a rewatch podcast with my friend Art, uh, and we are currently, speaking of new experiences, just watching Riverdale Season 4. Neither of us have seen it before, and we're big fans of Riverdale, so it's been uh, great so far. We've only got done a couple episodes so far, but uh, I'm having a great time. Uh, what else? Uh, it, you can also check in on uh, me on Twitter. That's at Audiomorphs. Uh, ooh, loud car. Uh, that's where I will uh, post any announcements regarding the schedule. Um, that's also an easy, w- easy way to say hi, uh, if you want. If you use Apple iTunes, start Apple Podcasts, and would like to leave me a rating review, uh, you know the, you know the shtick, uh, and so forth and so forth. Thank you all for listening. You know what? Um, I'm going to get on out of here. So thank you all for listening, and I will see you all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight.